0: hello everybody welcome to our first podcast you have nikki you have chase you have joaquin here to talk about baseball and the um, mounting problems and successes of baseball in the covid world of today um Nicky, do you want to kick us off? We can start. Um, let's just introduce ourselves first. Go ahead, Nikki.
1: How about some um, position? How's it going?
2: My name's. All right, we'll, we can do that. My name's uh, Nikki Fell. My real last name is Papadopoulos because I am Greek, but I go by Fell. Um, right. I play infield. I play second and first base as well as I'm a pitcher. Chase, take it away. Um.
1: I'm a left-handed pitcher. Uh, last time I was able to hit was when I was 13, and um, I'm left-handed. That's about it.
0: All right, Joaquin here. I'm a catcher, and um, we've all been playing the ball together for as long as I can remember. And now we're all playing for San Marcos Legacy Baseball, and we're here to talk about we're here to talk about the sport with you guys, and anything else that comes up. So. Let's kick it off. I'll start with our first intro question. Obviously, COVID nineteen has sort of um, put our whole lives at a uh, standstill. Everything seemed to change a little bit or a lot. So, when COVID nineteen struck, how did it affect the SM baseball season, and what was your reaction?
2: All right, I'll I'll answer this first. Well, to say the least, I was pretty shocked. I knew it was going to be interesting an interesting season when COVID started popping up in America, but there was no thought in my mind that our entire season would be canceled at the drop of the hat. So CIF Southern section announced on March 12th that the games, games following that date were officially canceled. So everything after that date, we played about a third of our season between a third and a fourth, which is not very many games. It was seven games. Um, would have absolutely loved to play more. In my reaction, I was just sad. Um, we, we had a very great team, very deep around the field, had many guys who could do many things. I also just felt really bad for the seniors. I felt like it was an unfair way for them to end their playing career.
0: Sounds like you cut out for there sounds like you cut out a little bit there, Mr. Papadopoulos. But, um, yeah, it was devastating. I mean, especially – we were off to a great start of the season. We had a great projectability, and it seemed like we were going to take the Channel League by storm, but we only got two Channel League games in before they called it quits. That's right. We ended – our last game of the
2: season was a game against Santa Barbara High School – or two of – our second-to-last game was a game against Santa Barbara High School in which – Nobody expected us to even compete, and Santa Barbara had probably their best team in years. Multiple college-bound players, a stud pitcher heading to Cal Poly, front their roster, and we ended up tying them. Mr. Hoover threw a hell of a game in relief. Had something, probably like nine strikeouts in four innings, maybe more, I'm not too sure. And Henry Manf- ten, sure, thank you, Jason. And uh, Henry Manfredonia started the game well. We ended up which was awesome, and we had the most momentum I've ever seen a team have heading into the rest of Channel League play. Yeah, yeah that game was just
0: just electric. You got, I'm sure you could tell me it, Chase. How did it feel up on the mound when you were there with all those
1: fans, all the people there? I mean, honestly, like, when I was pitching, I kind of was just very locked in because that was, like, my first – I think that's probably the biggest environment I'd pitched on so far in my life. And so I was just Absolutely. like, I was just kind of like just locked in on the goal and just trying to go pitch by pitch and beat beat guys. But I think um, I was kind of in a different direction in consider, you know staying on the topic of COVID because I had just come off good and then I was set to start against Lompoc, which had um what's his name again? He was committed to where's he? He's going to Yale, correct? Oscar Rojas. Yeah, Oscar, I was set Oscar to, Rojas. I was set to pitch against him, and that was gonna that was gonna be you know an exciting pitcher duel for me. And, you know, having the stud senior like that. And then I was just, um, you know, at the very, very, very beginning of my college, you know, kind of college process with the college being interested in coming to that game. And so that was just kind of it was kind of a crazy thing because I thought that, you know, it seemed that things were starting to open up in terms of opportunities. And then they shut they shut down just like that and were gone. So. I wasn't very I wasn't paying a lot of attention at the time to COVID and I was just kind of focused on school and baseball. So I wasn't really I you could say very educated on it. And so when it happened I was just kind of taken, you know, taken aback by it and I was very shocked and uh, it was definitely a bummer because I think this season had a lot of upside to it and I think that the bats were starting to come alive and uh, things are looking in the right direction for us.
0: Yeah, that was it was just absolutely yeah. it was just abrupt. I remember we were at practice getting ready for that Lompok game. We were we were on a Thursday. Was, yeah, everyone was in amazing spirits after the SB duel. And uh, it, was, it was it was a gloomy day out. We were working our first and third plays and then we got a call from Abe, our athletic director, and it was just that was it. That was the last that was the last
1: piece of our season. Yeah, Abe might How be he joining us later in these uh, Abe may be a guest later in the cast episode at some point. I'd like to see him on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. Love that guy. All right.
2: Next question.
0: Any chance? Yeah. So um, I know we're sort of touching on this right now with our projectability, but if you guys – what do you guys – how do you think the season would have played out if COVID-19 didn't occur? Maybe, Chase, you could touch on your recruitment process. How do you think that would move differently if COVID-19 hadn't come about?
1: Well, I think – I don't know how it would have affected the process – as much maybe um because I got my first uh college offer um about I think um I think a little less than a week after after our season ended so I don't know how it would have um affected maybe the speed of things I was kind of set from the beginning that I was going to commit in August you know early August to mid-August and I stayed true to that throughout the whole summer you know recruiting process happens fast a lot of schools it starts to snowball a little bit after you get your kind of first offer. And so it was something that I don't know how it necessarily would have changed in terms of speed. I know I would have stayed true to kind of what I said at the beginning when I got that first offer. But um, I think definitely I would have gotten, um, you know, more offers in that season because mm-hmm. um, I, at the time I was pitching pretty well. I had a point three six ERA. I was on track to, you know, I think throw like 45 innings or something like that. And um I was getting, I was missing bats and, um, you know, executing pitches pretty well throughout the season. And yeah, so, a
0: lot of people seem to panic with that stuff, true. but like you're, you're still seeing today people are people are committing, on the daily.
1: Yeah, These colleges are
0: still, they're still sending their video and colleges are still, recruiting very actively at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I'd say it made it definitely made the recruiting process very strange because, there was no. Usually, you know, usually that conversation is going to be, hey, we really like you as a player. You've had one or two phone calls. We would like you to come to our camp and we can talk more at the camp. And um, yeah, it's you know, all virtual. Yeah. And it's all it's all virtual now. And then, you know, it's kind of a hard thing trust-wise because sometimes the players you see commit maybe aren't even, you know, all they're cut out to be. And I think I saw a few examples of that over the summer. Just with some guys who, you know, are big video guys and big, uh, big guys just like with rankings and trying to, you know, get their name out there. But um, there's a lot of good players that are going unnoticed just because they're, you know, not in areas that, that their names being thrown out on social media a lot and there's not names on Twitter a lot. And um, there's a lot of – um, I think a lot of things that are both happening because of COVID that are, you know, changing the way uh, the recruitment process is, you know, happening. For sure,
0: yeah, Nikki. If absolutely. you could predict, if you, what, how would you think our season would played out? Would play would have played out in, in terms of record, in terms of titles? How do you think we would have done? It?
2: I think we absolutely would have won two thirds of our games or more. Uh, with that being said, I don't know how that would have put us in the channel league rankings. Every team. This is probably the best year of channel league baseball we would have had in our four years. Thinking about how the three Santa Barbara teams were very stacked as well as Lompoc had a stud. Yeah. Sandy Inez had some good. So I think it would have been a battle, but we would absolutely, I have no doubt in my mind gotten first and first or second in league. Yeah. I would've think we would have
0: advanced.
2: Absolutely. We would have definitely advanced. Um, San Marcos has not advanced since around 2003, maybe the San Marcos baseball that is has yeah. an advanced. So, what happens is we're in a relatively low, lower division than most of the other teams in town. Well, than all of the other teams in town, including DP and San Barbara specifically. Uh, so I think we would have made a run in the playoffs, right? We would have been like smaller public schools and some larger private schools. But I think we still would have been able to compete and win games. And hopefully, we would have had a ring on our finger, which I thought we could have absolutely done.
0: Yeah, that would have been great. And I... Personally, I don't think we lost too much in last year's seniors. They were great. They showed great leadership, but I think we're gonna come out and kick ass again this year.
1: Yeah. I think, the production, I think the production of the seniors last year, you know, was okay. But um, you know, Jacob was kind of supposed to be our guy at short period, and then you know, the bats didn't come alive necessarily in the beginning of the of the season for our seniors. Speak, you know, Speak turned into a guy that started to be pretty consistent out of that DH position. And that was good. But
2: um, yeah, a boy.
1: But I think um, next year, I think our senior class is going to be stacked. And then, you know, our class, of course, I think what do we have? Like, what do we have? Like eight sophomores on the roster last year? Or we had a. Yeah, it's going to be we awesome. had.
2: We had five sophomores on the roster yeah. this year. We basically have three seniors, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, all, of which, all of
0: which are good players.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Henry Manfredoni obviously leads that class in ability. And then I think our sophomore or our junior class this year, actually, so that's Chase, Joaquin, myself. We have some studs. We have a kid named Pescado, nice, tall as can be. Yeah, absolute 2 sports stud. Was on varsity last year. He's going to be a key contributor. He's a great we have guy. two scrappy infielders, Forrest, Johnson, Nathan Link, can play the, the defensive side of the ball. Just all great teammates. The two things, the thing that stands out about is Forrest and Nathan are great teammates no matter what. I think we have, on paper, we're stacked.
1: It's just we got to put it all together
2: and just get it done when it matters
0: mhm exactly how, do you, how has
1: covid affected you guys in terms of you know getting like getting your workouts in like trying to you know trying to what have you guys done to like adjust in terms of like lifting and getting your stuff done
0: well that's... covid hasn't really changed yeah, it for me bad. to be well, honest yeah nikki nikki's got a good situation he's over at p3 uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a uh, beautiful facility, great people, great trainers, just an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, it's been good. I believe during COVID, um, we were out at, we were out at Westmont running and doing
2: work outside, so yeah. doing that was great. Just especially during the middle of the being outside kept my mental state from not, or kept my head from not exploding. Staying at home the whole time, but yeah, we've been able to lift. And, Things are starting to open. P three starting to open. All the gyms and counters starting to open at ten percent capacity. So we're
0: very excited for that. And to finally yeah, with out. me, I was, I was, I was working out at Fitness Nineteen, which is a new uh, sort of public gym over by San Marcos that had opened earlier this year, and um, it it got shut down immediately. um And uh, so basically, I've been at home lifting my own weights, which isn't exactly what I would desire but you know it, it does the job and we've been trying to get our work in in terms of running and cardio getting back into it actually football just started so you can see the guys who've been working and using their resources and the guys who haven't just by how they can how they're handling the uh, the workouts absolutely um, Nikki you are someone who knows a lot about college baseball and who knows a lot about just you know, that that area of the sport. There's been all this talk, especially early on during COVID, about these seniors who lost their season and would eventually absolutely flood the JUCOs due to the fact that they weren't getting the looks that they might have got. Say they had a breakout season, they would have gotten a good little contract to go play for a D3, D2, maybe D1. Now, Yeah, Oregon wipe their whole... Oregon wiped there's going to be... Yeah, there's going to be a sort of plethora of players going in the JUCOs, making it really competitive. Probably a lot of careers being just ended right away. What are your thoughts on that? Have you heard anything on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right. So when the year ended, um, NCAA, the college year ended, NCAA announced to all the seniors and redshirt seniors that you get in the next year a year of eligibility, right? you are able to Mm -hmm. transfer to whichever school you please, given the circumstances coach wants you that, right? And you don't have to sit out which you typically have to do once you transfer. So this opened up an interesting thing for seniors, right? Many of them saying, why not stay at my college, have another season and have another shot at pro ball, right? Maybe get drafted. So they automatically have their roster spots from last year at their university. If they are to transfer, they still have those roster spots. So you can have six seniors on a team stay, and you're bringing in 10 freshmen, 10, 12 freshmen. That's not ideal at all, right? The MLB draft was only five rounds, so a bunch of juniors didn't get drafted who would have normally got drafted. And so it it causes there to be a handful of kids on a team around the number 50, which is way too large for a baseball program, right? And so what ultimately is going to happen, I think, a lot of the freshmen, sadly— are going to get weeded out by the upperclassmen and have to reside to going to a JUCO or just redshirting, which I think many will do. Many will rather redshirt than go to a JUCO. But absolutely, some will go to junior college, as Joaquin said, which increases the pace of play at the college level, which opens up opportunities for other universities to recruit new guys, maybe they who were already committed at a young age. Right. So it's an interesting thing. It's something I don't think we've ever seen before and I think the junior college level of baseball will rival high division D2 and low division D1 this year with guys throwing hard, hitting the ball far. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah.
1: yeah I I was speaking...
0: first... Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I think
1: um, I, pers- I witnessed this firsthand when I was doing my visits. And um, actually, when I visited uh, Texas Christian University, um, they were actually – they were having a practice, and the pitchers were working and doing PFPs, and there was 23 pitchers out there and they only take 15 pitchers on their roster. So that's eight guys or yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's eight guys that are going to get cut right away when they start season. And so there was a yeah. bunch of, and the reason was there was a bunch of fifth year seniors, a bunch of left-handed pitchers coming back of really good left-handed pitchers, Halen green and um, some good, some good guys are coming back as fifth year seniors. And um, try, you know, they didn't make the cut on that, on that five round draft. And, um, you know, with, with some uh, with some of the minor league programs getting cut, um, they were come they came back, you know, to play at a good university and to, you know, play some more Big 12 baseball. So, it's just making things a lot more competitive for younger guys coming into a program to you know compete with dudes that have been there for five years, and that's that's a tough thing to do.
0: Yeah, there's gonna be a it's lot very of guys. Tough. There's gonna be a lot of guys out of a job. I mean, Jacob Galindo and San Marcos alumni. I remember talking to him when he first um committed to go play at Ventura College. He said that yeah, he had the job. He just had to beat out one guy who he thinks he had at shortstop. You know, he like, yeah, full board. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna get my reps. And then all of a sudden, COVID breaks, and he says that there's 25 infielders at Ventura College. Just the rosters absolutely bursting at the seams because of all these kids that want what they want a shot, but they just they got they got a lot of stuff taken away from them with, due, due to COVID 19. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame,
2: to be honest. These kids worked hard, grinded all their four years in high school, and now they have a tough decision to make on, are they going to go to JUCO, maybe hang up their boots, or battle for a spot one, D2, D3, they were committed
1: to. Yeah. Well, yeah going going back to high school, I think um this differs from state to state, kind of with the shutdown and how high schools were affected in certain things, because I think, you know, with us living in California, California is, you know, kind of like the notoriously most brutal shutdown in terms of baseball out of uh, out of the States. Because personally, I got tournaments in in, and Arizona teams are, you know, people are heading out to Florida. now I played a tournament in Georgia. So I think um, being in California is definitely like um, kind of a disadvantage right now as a baseball player trying to get looks.
0: Definitely, definitely. Arizona has Absolutely. has has facilities opened and tournaments have been playing for the uh, during the summer and through here through the fall. Now, actually, this weekend I'm heading out to Arizona to play some more ball. So it just goes to show as political v- views and maybe statistics from each state differ, so does their um, exposure to baseball and the opportunity there for players to get their reps in. Mm-hmm. Well. That's about all we've got for you for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. It was uh it was nice to talk about the uh, mounting issues that COVID-19 has brought to us and potentially the upsides. You know, it's it's a lot of time to train. It's a lot of time to get better. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. We're looking forward to a season. It should be starting in March this year. Um, and uh, it's just gonna it's gonna be it's everything seems a little uncertain right now, but. There's a weekly podcast that we can uh, maintain. So um, we're going to sign off. And thank you guys for listening.
2: Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll see
0: you next week.